Welcome to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience dating, love, and relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach and attachment expert, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In this week's episode, I'm going to be talking to you all about dating tips for anxiously attached people. So hopefully offering you some guidance on how you can approach dating from a place that is more grounded in self-worth, in boundaries, in discernment, so that you can hopefully counter some of those patterns that are so common among anxiously attached people of getting really, really, really attached and invested and swept up in the story and the connection and the chemistry very quickly and, you know, sort of losing your connection to reality and then becoming very disappointed when it all crashes and burns. And I'm sure that that's a story that many people can relate to. And to be honest, the tips that I'm going to offer you today are not exclusive to anxiously attached people. And they're also not exclusive to the dating process. You know, a lot of these things will apply even if you're already in a relationship. And that is really because as with all of this work, you know, the work starts with you and you can build that up within yourself and then apply it to whatever situational relationship you find yourself in. So it's going to be lots of really useful tips and tools in today's episode that I hope will be relevant for many of you listening. Before I dive into that, a couple of quick announcements. The first being that I'm holding a live masterclass in a couple of weeks time on sex and attachment. Now, this has been such a hotly requested topic on Instagram. I'm always getting questions about, you know, sexual challenges in relationship. And, you know, I put a poll up the other day asking people about what they'd like for a masterclass topic. And this was the overwhelming winner. So obviously there are a lot of people who are looking for support with this and who have some curiosity around this topic. Now, I think that that's unsurprising because, you know, obviously I think society-wide sex education is pretty poor, but the specific focus of this masterclass is the intersection of sex and attachment. Attachment influences everything in our, you know, relationships and intimacy. So to think that it doesn't shape the way we experience and relate to sex is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And I can assure you as someone who spends a lot of time in this space and in this work and supporting people that attachment styles and particularly differences in attachment styles and perhaps conflicting needs and expectations in a relationship certainly bleeds into your sex life. So if that's something that you've noticed in your relationship or that you've perhaps been insecure about or worried if it's just you or you know you felt a bit alone in those thoughts, this masterclass is going to be really, really insightful and supportive for you in not only cultivating that greater awareness and understanding of how those dynamics can look and play out, but also how to pattern interrupt, how to try and, you know, solve for those things so that you can experience a more secure relationship when it comes to sex. So sign up for that in the show notes if you're interested to come along. As I said, it's a live masterclass, but there will as always be a replay available for those who are unable to join live. The next quick announcement that I wanted to share I've decided to do a new segment, which I actually saw on another podcast and I thought was very sweet, whereby I'm going to read out 
a review each week, um, just choosing you know, at random, one of the reviews that is left on the show. And I'm going to read out that review. And if it's your review that I'm reading out, you can send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email and I will send you a little gift as a way to say thank you. As I often say, reviews are the single most effective and helpful way for me to continue to get the word out about the podcast for the podcast to grow and reach more people. So if you can spare a moment to leave a review, I am so eternally grateful. And this week's review is Stephanie saved my life when it comes to understanding my own way of being inside of relationships. I've learned so much about myself and the other important people in my life. Beautiful, calm speaking voice and sweet accent and very clear explanations. I simply can't recommend her podcast enough. Absolutely invaluable. So thank you so much for the beautiful words. As I said, Not only is it super helpful from the point of view of getting the word out about the podcast, but I read every single review. So to everyone who's ever left a review, rest assured, I have read it and felt so grateful. I've been brought to tears more than once reading reviews because it really does feel very humbling and impactful for me to be seeing people all over the world really getting so much from, from the show. So thank you so much. Okay. With all of that out of the way, let's dive into five tips for dating as an anxiously attached person. Okay. So the first point that I want to speak to here is to get clear on your values, your boundaries, your needs, your expectations, your non-negotiables, your deal breakers, all of these things, get really clear on what those are for you before you have a human in front of you who you're excited about. What I see happen all the time, and again, it's not specific to anxiously attached people, but I think it's particularly common among anxiously attached people, is that, you know, you sort of go in blind to the dating process and then you fall for the first person who shows you some attention and you get really excited about them and that attention feels good. And you then pursue this whole relationship and get all the way down the track without actually realizing that there were some fundamental incompatibilities going on there, or that there were things you weren't comfortable with, but you never really set that out for yourself. You never really laid out where your standards were and what your expectations are, not even as between you as a couple, but for yourself, you never actually knew that you never actually articulated that uh, for your own benefit. And so you had nothing to measure this person against. And I think that, you know, this really does happen so much. And I teach this in every program that I have. And with all of my one-to-one clients is like, what are you looking for? How do you want to feel in your relationships? What are your values? So for me, things like honesty and integrity and reliability and consistency and follow through, these are really important values for me in a partner. And, you know, I had to get really clear about that, that those sorts of things are very important. Um, And I think that when we have that clarity ahead of time and we really kind of know our worth and are backing ourselves in that respect, it's much easier to say no to people who aren't a good fit. Whereas when we don't know what we're looking for, when all we're looking for is someone who likes us, then we're going to end up in situations and relationships with people where it's just not a good fit and it's not in alignment with who we want to be, with what we want our life to look like. But because we didn't go through the process of finding clarity on that for our own sake, we weren't in a position to to spot it and to say no to the things that weren't in alignment. So 
get clear on your values, get clear on your boundaries and your expectations, your non-negotiables before you've got a person in front of you so that you're then in a position to judge it and communicate it when the time comes. Okay. The next one, and it's sort of in the same vein is make sure that you are assessing the other person rather than just trying to get them to like you. Now, I think that again, this is not exclusive to anxiously attached people, but it's very common amongst people with that people pleasing trait. And it's this thing of like, all that matters is getting people to choose me and to want me and to like me. And that can feel so good. And I really, you know, I want to normalize that. I think for all of us, of course, attention and admiration and, you know, validation feels good. That's normal. That's human. But we don't want that part of us to be, you know, in the driver's seat when we're deciding whether to pursue a relationship with someone, because it really can lead to this almost like seesaw or like total imbalance in the dynamic that's playing out there because you're all of a sudden self-abandoning and, you know, all of those values and expectations and boundaries that we just talked about, all of a sudden those things get pushed to one side and you're just doing cartwheels and backbends to try and get this total stranger to like you. Now that is a recipe for self-abandonment because you will sort of do anything and say anything and be anything in order to get them to want you, which is, you know, not only inauthentic, but really leads to a loss of self, Uh, but it also means that you're not actually deciding whether you like them, which is one of the most important things in the dating process. You're allowed to have criteria around the person that you're potentially going to be dating and you absolutely should have criteria beyond just they want to date me. So make sure that you are actively assessing them as well as trying to get them to like you. That should not be the focus of the dating process. Okay. The next one is don't get lost in the potential. I've talked about this before in the context of a savior complex, which is so common among anxiously attached people. It's this tendency to spot pain or struggle in someone and take them on as your project. You know, it's this mentality of, you know, I see this little glimmer in this person. And if I could just wrap them up in my love, if I could just nurture them with my love and care, then they would blossom into the person that I see that they could be, you know, that little seed of potential that I can see in them. I think I can nurture that to full bloom. And while that's very sweet and, you know, there may be some pure intention in that, there's also a lot of shadow in it. And there's, you know, a lot of potential suffering and unhealthy dynamics that can spring from that kind of drive in the dating process. So be really careful because, you know, as much as you you don't have to think that that person is completely perfect 100% as they are today. Nobody is. But if you're only attracted to the idea of what they or the relationship could be in time, once you've worked your magic, so to speak, that's the red flag, right? That's the thing we need to look out for because that's veering into that savior complex territory. And not only is that kind of unfair because you're taking this person who's got all of their own stuff and is their own you know, human being, you're taking them on as your little project and trying to change them, which isn't really fair on either of you. It's also meaning that you're taking responsibility for something that 
ultimately is outside of your control. So we can't fix people. We can't force people to change. And when we convince ourselves that we can, or we ought to be able to do that, or they ought to want to change for us, then we're setting ourselves up for a lot of pain if and when, you know, it comes to fruition that that wasn't the case, right? So if the relationship kind of unravels or or the person doesn't change, they stay where they are. And then you feel like a failure because you weren't able to get them to change for you. And the reality is you should never have taken that on as your job in the first place. That was never your responsibility. And so just be really mindful in those early stages. Like, am I just investing in the vision here rather than the reality? And if that's so, just really watch that. Be very discerning about it. And you might have to make some hard decisions rather than following that down the rabbit hole because it only gets harder in time because you become even more invested in the idea and the you know, what it could be with time. Okay. The next one is to know your internal warning signs or red flags in the dating process. Now, what I mean here is so much of the conversation around, you know, red flags in dating is about spotting them in someone else. It's like, oh, how to know if someone's a narcissist or, or whatever it might be, right? What I want you to focus on is your red flags. So yes, be discerning about other people. Of course, if someone's behaving poorly, don't turn a blind eye, don't make excuses for them, but focus equally, if not more so on your own warning signs, your own smoke signals. So if you know that when you're starting to spiral into some unhealthy relational dynamics or, you know, your anxiety is getting triggered and all of a sudden you can't put your phone down and you can't focus at work and you don't want to see your friends. You don't want to make plans with people because you just want to be available in case this person wants to hang out, even though they haven't said that all of these things that you can go, okay, those are some of my alarm bells that I'm losing myself here. I'm losing my footing. I'm not my best self right now. I'm not grounded. I'm not clear. I'm not confident. And that might be the beginning of my downward spiral. So the more we can catch ourselves as the spiral begins, when we see those initial warning signs and course correct, go, okay, what's the thing I would always do? What's my default? And what are my other choices? That's really how growth happens over time is choosing something other than your default, than your old patterns, your old wiring and letting that compound over time. So we're not able to do that without the awareness of it. So get to know what your internal red flags are and then start to build out what your other options might be when those things come up, because they will come up. Dating is, you know, triggering for a lot of people, particularly if you have real insecurities around relationship, those things are going to be disturbed at some point. You are going to get a little wobbly in your sense of self and your self-esteem. That's, that's going to happen. So you've got to set yourself up for success by really having the infrastructure and the boundaries in place to support yourself and keep yourself safe. So that leads me really nicely into the final tip, which is make sure you're diversifying your energy. I think the tendency for so many anxiously attached people in the early stages of dating and indeed throughout relationships more broadly is to become laser focused. So the relationship or the the prospect, the person takes up your entire field of vision and you know you just want to orbit around them. You want to message them all day long. You can't stop thinking about them. 
you want to spend all your time with them. You lose interest in everything else in your life. You don't want to exercise or, or see your friends or speak to anyone else. And, you know, I don't want to take all of the fun out of that early stage of dating. Cause of course there's, there's something really sweet and lovely about being so excited about someone. I'm not saying that you have to sort of clamp down on that and, and swing all the way in the other direction. But if you notice yourself uh, really going all in very quickly, becoming obsessive, becoming, you know, fixated on someone, getting very swept up in the vision, planning your wedding with someone that you just met, all of these things, we want to catch that and just reel it in a little because, you know, it, it kind of breaks my heart how frequently I hear stories from people saying, you know, I got so excited and we were talking so much and we spoke every day for two weeks and then they ghosted me. And I thought that they were the one and what's wrong with me? Why would they do that to me? And it's such a hit to your self-worth when you've invested so much in someone and you've really allowed yourself uh, to get, you know, to, to cancel out everything else in your life and just give all of your energy to this one thing. It's not really helping yourself out if that thing's come, it comes crashing down, right? It's like any, you know, investment strategy, you want to diversify yourself and sort of diversify the risk, so to speak, rather than, you know, putting all of your eggs in one basket, you know, that's, that's pretty high stakes and it's handing over a lot of power to someone that you've only just met because that can really lead to a rude awakening if it doesn't work out, which, you know, can happen. So go slower than you think, go slower than you would like to take it easy get to know someone, make sure that you're still doing all of the things that make you feel good and support you to feel resourced and like the best version of yourself rather than downward spiraling into this tunnel visioned version of yourself who's become obsessive about a new dating prospect because that tends not to end well. Okay. So those were the five tips on how to navigate dating as an anxiously attached person. To recap quickly, that was get clear on your values, boundaries, and expectations before you've got someone in front of you. Make sure that you're assessing them too, and not just trying to get them to like you or choose you. Don't get too swept up in the potential. Make sure that you really respect and admire them as they are today. Know your internal warning signs or red flags and make sure you're diversifying your time and energy and not becoming laser focused on, you know, one person that you've just met. Okay. I hope that this has been really helpful as always super appreciative. If you could leave a quick review or a rating, as I said at the start, it makes a world of difference and I am eternally grateful for you taking the time out of your day to do that for me. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me and I really look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.